Welcome back to the program. We are glad you're with us. Welcome back to uh, the Bill Michael Show. Thanks so much, as always. And uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. The loss this past weekend for the Badgers, while it was kind of a gut punch, you lose at home, you lose at the Kohl Center. Uh, but but Rutgers, they're not a slouch. They, they've beaten in three straight games. They have knocked off top 25 teams. And they are trying to press themselves back into the tournament. Meanwhile, you got the Badgers now on the road taking on Indiana coming up tonight down at Assembly Hall. Joining us in studio is Zach Heilprin, uh, the sports director for WOZN in Madison. It was not a, a great loss by any stretch of the imagination, but Rutgers is playing some pretty decent basketball right now, right? Yeah, I mean, they put themselves on the bubble. I think they are certainly a bubble team. They weren't before this three-game stretch where they beat Michigan State, Ohio State, and then came and beat Wisconsin for the first time in Madison ever. Now, they haven't played a ton there, but it was their first win ever in Madison. So, yeah, and that's not a bad team. They got some really nice pieces in Baker and uh, our test and you know um and obviously Paul Mulcahy who came out of I wouldn't say out of nowhere kind of reminds me of Ben though like the like how are you getting beat by uh, uh producer Ben like how is how is Ben <laughs> how is Ben beating you right like now this guy was a, a star in high school like he was like the New Jersey player of the year uh, but he reminded me, like, I mean, it looked like Ben out there beating them towards the end of it. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, you there's know, nothing, you, nothing you, against you, Ben. Am no, I allowed I, to I, retort? Yeah, please do, Ben. <laughs> um, I did not wear a headband in high school. No, that's totally and something I you was do. a far better shooter than him. <laughs> not you didn't night. have hops, though. Oh, no. I, I, I've told you about my <laughs> knees. I, I, I yes. can't get two inches off the ground. Below the no rim. No hops, though. Below the rim. Um, the the eleven zero run really kind of uh, propelled uh, Rutgers. I, that's where I kind of tuned into the game a little bit on Saturday, and and that was they were in the midst of that in that that late run, and it just seemed like the Badgers, the shooting woes at times seemed to come and go, and when they when they come, man, they, they especially from beyond the arc, Zach, they yeah. just are atrocious at times. The thing about it is they've won a lot of games when they haven't shot it well from deep, but it's when they've been doing all the other things well and. In the second half of that game, they were not good at doing the little things. I mean, the turnovers, uh, Greg Gard said it was the the highest percentage uh, turnover half they've had all year. They've been so good in close games, right? They're they're 11-1 in games decided by six or fewer points. This one didn't roll into that, but um, they were really bad down the stretch. Uh, They turned the ball over inopportune times, didn't hit big shots, didn't get the stops that they needed. Tyler Wall missing that point Blake layup. Like, there there were the things that they have done so well in the games – where they've been able to close them out. They didn't do them well at the end of that. And um, shooting has come and gone all year. But um, the other things they've done so well, they didn't do them well against Rutgers. I, this is about the third time somebody's brought this up to me, and and, and I, I'm getting this over on the Bud Light live stream where the Cole Center is quiet. <laughs> is the Cole Center quiet? It actually wasn't bad the other day. I under, I, I don't know what it is. I, I think it's kind of where so, – look, the Cole Center is never going to be Cameron Indoor Stadium. It's never going to be – like these places that are loud 24 uh, seven. It's just not, that's just not where it's going to be. But I also think it's kind of where the mics are set up sometimes uh, for TV broadcasts. The other day was actually one of the better crowds. And afterwards, all I heard was people crying about the crowd. And um, I don't, I, I don't really know what you can do. They're not going to move the students around, uh, around the uh, floor. Like they do at Illinois and they do at Michigan state. Like that's not going to happen. The Kohl Center is very good for big games, and it's uh, very average for pretty much everything else. But if all the things that to complain about after the Rutgers game the other day, right. the crowd was not it. 
Right. Now, I completely agree. I mean, getting back to the X's and O's. So now I feel they're going to win tonight. I, I look for a rebound, pardon the pun. Uh, they've been good in fe- fending off adversity. They've been able to turn things around. Now, whether or not they win by six or whether or not they win by 20 or whether or not they win by one in an ugly battle, I still think they get a win. But when you look at their losses and what's going on throughout the season, you know, I, I still think that the Badgers, they bounce back pretty nicely. We've seen them do it uh, when they lost to Providence earlier this year. They lost to Ohio State. They bounced with a big, big win, but it was over Nichols, granted. <laughs> but we've seen them bounce back with victories. So I, I'm looking for nothing less tonight against Indiana down in Indiana. I, the way, I, Yes, I agree. The way I look at this, the, these last four games, Bill, we kind of talked about it going into it, um, you know, like, no one. I don't think anybody. A lot of. I don't. I should say. I don't think a lot of people picked them going into Michigan State, right? So they kind of stole one right. from Michigan State, and then they gave it back against Rutgers. I think they're kind of in the spot that where a lot of people thought they would be, anyways. Not the beginning of the season, but the last. You know, since they proved to be a pretty good team, ten and four was kind of out of these last four games. Kind of thought maybe that's where they would be. Going into this one, they haven't lost back to game back to back games all year. They're underdogs tonight. I believe it's a three points. Uh, they have. They're four and two as underdogs. And you're right. They have bounced back really, really well after losses. And, and uh, I, I look for – I think Johnny Davis is going to have a big game. But I also think Brad Davison is going to eventually, and you hope for Wisconsin's sake, that it's tonight that he snaps out of that three-point streak. Because he's, I believe, four for 28 in his last four games. And he was atrocious against Rutgers. And there were a lot of open shots. I have not seen – you don't normally see Brad miss that many open shots. So I would say – I think it's the stars tonight that lead him, Johnny Davis and, and Brad Davison, with Davison snapping out of that – that uh, cold streak he's in. What is uh, the toughest, short of, say, Purdue, obviously, yeah. what is the toughest game that's remaining on the docket? Because mm. I don't see Indiana as this major foe. Obviously, playing down in Assembly Hall is a big deal. They get Michigan at home. I believe it's Minnesota's on the road. They're going to face Rutgers again, right? They yeah. go to Rutgers, right? The right. Second or third last game of the season? Yeah, where Rutgers has played fantastic all year. I mean, they've, they've beaten right. Purdue down there. They've beaten Ohio State, beaten Michigan State. Right. Um, I would look, I mean, if it was, I think it's either Michigan or Rutgers. Rutgers, because Wisconsin just hasn't played well at Rutgers. And uh, we, as I just mentioned, the other teams have gone there and lost. And Rutgers is a pretty good team, it seems, this year. And then, but Michigan, with the way Hunter Dickinson is playing, uh, what they did to Purdue last week, that would be, to me, a uh, a big one. Those, those would be the two. If it was on the road, I'd definitely say Michigan. But uh, the game being at home certainly um, is right to... It's going to be a tough one, but I think they can pull that one out. I think the the game at Rutgers is probably the toughest outside of the Purdue one. Who has to be, because I keep looking at this Badger team and 90%, 95% of the time, their scoring comes from the starters. That's it. Yeah. Who has to be that guy that begins to emerge off the bench? If anybody, if they're going to go deep into the postseason, what has to happen? Gosh. Because you always have to have one of those guys. You, you, you would hope, you would hope it'd be a guy like Lauren Bowman, uh, a guy towards getting more experience, and he, and he has played a little bit better. Now, he didn't have a great game against Rutgers, but he, ha- he has played better, and he's a guy that can hit from the outside. Um, you know, Chris Vogt has, uh, Chris Vogt has given them some uh, down low, especially when Stephen Crowell's been in foul trouble. But, Bill, if they're going to go deep in this tournament, it's going to be because of their starting lineup. Like, that's it's going to be the stars. It's going to be Tyler Wall. It's going to be Brad Davison, and it's going to be especially Johnny Davis. And I know that is relying a little bit too much on them, but that's what they've done all year. They Their bench, they're not deep. And if they get in foul trouble, they're in trouble. <laughs> you know, so 
I don't look at anybody on that bench and say, yep, that guy's going to come off and, and really give them a huge lift. I think they can, scoring-wise, can they give them something else in other ways? Yes. Lauren Bowman can, can give them something defensively. Chris Vogt can give them something defensively. Jacoby Neath rebounding. Like, there, there are things that they can give them. But scoring punch, I mean, I don't, I don't this may be the lowest scoring bench in Wisconsin history. Maybe they need someone like me. Maybe they need, maybe they do. Maybe they do. Uh, some below the rim scoring, right? You noticed my groan there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> you've got right now in the Big Ten, you've got five teams ranked in the top 25. Uh, Rutgers on the outside looking in with a 9-5 and five over, or with a 9-5 and five record in conference, 15-9. Iowa, obviously, at 7-6, seven 17-7. and, six, 17 and seven. How many teams do you think out of the Big Ten actually make it to the tournament? Are we looking at seven? I think it could be eight. And potentially nine, because uh, this is a big game for the Hoosiers. That's tonight. what I'm the saying. Hoosiers yeah. need this one. Yeah, yeah, they've they've lost three in a row. They are a much better team at home, as as is the case for most of these teams outside of Wisconsin, who is six and two on the road. Uh, they are thirteen and two at home. I look at you know the the bubble teams would be Rutgers, Michigan, and Indiana. The way Michigan is playing of late, you think that they might be able to to get in there. Um, Rutgers, certainly, if they continue to play the way they have, could fight their way in. But Indiana um, desperately needs some more impressive wins, and tonight would certainly be a, a good step in that direction for them. I, uh, With the teams in the state vying to get to the postseason and get to the NCAA tournament, Marquette has fallen on a little bit harder times. They're out of the top 25, sitting at 16-9, 8-6 six overall. Not that we follow out there, out in Madison, Marquette, but what what does it do? I mean, what does it talk? Because I know, like in the Milwaukee area, which is where I live, people talk about Marquette basketball a little bit. Badger basketball still dominates even in these parts, but the anxiety is: can you get both teams into the tournament? Can they start to begin to represent Wisconsin all over again? And which of the two teams have a shot at going the furthest? Now, I feel the Badgers do because their starting five is so good, but Marquette might have a little bit better bench. But I don't think their starting five is as strong. But I think it's huge if you can get both teams in the state of Wisconsin into the tournament for viewership and, let's be honest, for something to do outside of baseball. Because right now, today would have been spring training. It yeah. would have been opening up, you know, officially, and we don't even have that. So it, to me, it would be huge to get both of those teams. I know Marquette's sitting, I think, at number five right now in the Big East. How good is the coaching job from both Shaka Smart and Greg right? Sard been, right? Like two right? teams two teams that were not expected to be in the positions they are. The fact that we're even talking about Marquette, you know, especially the way the season started, is really, really impressive in what Shaka has done. And I think he's kind of given them a little bit of shot in the arm that they, they wanted in that hire and and uh, being back at a basketball-only school. And what Greg Art has done, not, you know, losing all the pieces that he did last year, finishing 10th in the Big Ten, and now to be in the position they are. Those two, I mean, those two coaches have done as good a job as anybody in the country um, based on expectations coming in. It would be huge mm-hmm. for, for both teams. I think Wisconsin's pretty much a lock at this point, uh, unless they were nah, – I, I mean, I I think they're a lock no matter what. They could lose maybe – you think they could lose last six and still get him? I think they probably could. Probably could, yeah. yeah. Probably um, could. So, I, Which isn't going to happen, of course, because they get Nebraska at the end. So there's one guaranteed win no matter what. Um, but And then we'll see what happens with Marquette. But I, I really can't say enough about what they've done as coaches to – get these programs to where they are right now. 
You know, then you look at Green Bay and UWM, who have both had disappointing seasons. Baldwin has been hurt for UWM, only playing, I think, in 10 games or something like that. And the percentage has been, and granted, you know, know, going into that system, you wait till another big year comes around and maybe he's able to elevate that, that, that team, that school. But really disappointing between Green Bay. I think Green Bay's what only got four wins on the season, if I'm not mistaken. They are um, not a good team. Right. <laughs> you yeah, know, that, yeah. That was it. That's a really, really tough place, I think, to win, especially if you're going to play the style that Will Ryan's wanting to play. Right. Um, you know, they, they offered a little bit something different under the previous. And it's not like they won a ton of games. And they had mm-hmm. some they had some good players. But um, it's it's a really tough ask. And I, I, I think they relied on the name Will Ryan maybe more than his credentials uh, probably mm-hmm. probably offered um, yep. at this point. I'm not saying he's not going to be a good coach. But I mean, when his when he was at Wheeling, that was his that was where he was as a head coach, and it's not like he as, was over, and not overly successful there. So I mean, I don't know. We'll see. It's a tough spot. As as the regular season winds down, and I we don't know what's going to happen, but as the regular season winds down, now obviously Shaka Smart being hired was a little bit of a shot in the arm for the name to come into Marquette, and there was some expectation that pretty much lived up to it. Greg Gard coming off the controversial offseason in which he was basically torpedoed, and then that's all now in the past, and that's behind him, and he's overcome that to put his team in the third place in position in the Big Ten, which is something I don't think any of us, we, we're all hoping for like sixth and just you know, kind of irk into the tournament, and they've been able to do it extremely well. Which coach do you think has done the better coaching job? Honestly, as somebody who's been up up close to what, Greg has done. Obviously, I've followed that much closer and involved in mm-hmm. a, on a day-to-day basis. I would say him because it can't be understated the fire that pe- he was under last year. Uh, right. I mean, coming off, you win a big team. Absolutely. You, He's you, been under fire since he took over for Bo. Exactly. It's, it's imp- you do not want to be the guy that follows a legend. You want to be the guy that follows the guy that followed a legend. And he has been forced into this. And he's actually done a really, really good job, all things considered. But last year, when you have those expectations starting here in the top 10 and then flaming out kind of like they did, and then you have the off you know, the tape comes out, the whole Lando Tucker situation, like you have all those things coming in. You, that's all against you. And there were people like, yes. It's been fire guard or uh, at different points of almost every season he's been a part of. That's just mm-hmm. that's just what it is. So what he's done this year, and you even saw people come out after the Lorecker's game and say, nope, this is the real great guard. And like all that, all that BS. So all the things that he's right. been under, I think he's done a better job from what they lost last year. You didn't know what Johnny Davis was. He's turned out to be an amazing player. You have Brad Davis at back. Tyler Wall has taken a huge step up. Like, And then you've got some of the younger guys that he's been able to recruit, whether it's a Stephen Crowell or a Chucky Hepburn step up and play huge, huge roles. I think it's Greg. And obviously his staff deserves a lot of credit for that too, his assistant coaches and the players themselves. But between the two, I think uh, Greg Gard has done a, a better job than Chaco. Yeah, I, uh, I I think for everything that he's had to face and the pressure that he's been under, I think he's done a fantastic job. And I, my hope is, uh, have your expectations, because we were just hoping they'd get into the tournament. Now I think our expectations have risen. Do we dare say you won a Sweet 16? Yeah, I mean, this team has, the expectations for this team have certainly changed since the opening of the season. And at this point, right now, to get to the second weekend to be considered a success in my mind. And I think it's certainly doable Assuming they don't flame out here at the end, they may. They're gonna. Mm-hmm. There's a very good chance they end up in Milwaukee, and those first two games essentially being home games. Then you definitely need to make it to the right to the Sweet Sixteen. No doubt, Zach. Great stuff, man. Appreciate it. We'll talk again soon, pal. All right, sounds good, Bill. Thanks. 
There you go. That's Zach Heilprin, uh, the sports director for WOZN out in Madison, covering the Badgers. Badgers, big one coming up tonight. Taking on Indiana down at Assembly Hall. I think it's an 8 o'clock Central Time tip down there tonight. So I'm going to be sitting at home watching that. I think there's a cigar in my future, a little dinner in my future, sitting at the bar, watching the game, just enjoying myself, kicking back. Oh, yeah, that's tonight. Unless I end up down at Stenny's or something like that. Stenny's, second and national, Walker's Point. Got to say thanks to them for being a big part of the program. Certainly appreciate it. Also, our friends at Curly's Waterfront Pub, those of you out in the Pewaukee area, you talk about a good sports bar. And they do, they're doing, I just saw on their uh, Facebook page, they're doing a bunch of meat raffles, too. So if you're looking to get in on that, sometimes you can really load up if you win one of those things, one of those meat raffles, you can, especially with the way prices of meat is meat are today. Load up. Go out to uh, our friends at uh, Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. Ryan and the staff, they do a great job. And the giant pig porker. No, it's not one of the people that are on staff. It's a sandwich. <laughs> Just so we're clear, the pig porkers, good stuff. They have good pizzas, good fish fry, all that kind of good stuff. But they have uh, some entertainment out there on the weekend. Stop in and see our friends at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. That's Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill right there on Pewaukee Lake. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show is next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Hey, our friends at New Mail Medical, treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin, well beyond the borders as well. They got you covered. They have a 98% success rate. That's 98% success rate at treating guys with ED, all but guaranteeing they can cure you when it comes to ED. And if you're feeling sluggish, if you're feeling moody, if you're over the age of 30, you're just dragging, right? Like right now, you're like, oh, my God. And you think you got a pretty good night's sleep. Low T can be treated. And it gives you a better night's sleep, which makes you feel more rested and energized the next day. It has a trickle-down effect, so I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. Then there's the all-in-one weight loss program. And right now, if you're like me, I got back from Super Bowl, and I went, whoa, put on a couple. And we got T-shirt season right around the corner. Yeah, no, I don't want to look like I'm smuggling swimwear. You know what I'm talking about, that big inner tube with that you know big dinosaur head on it? No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. So I'm thinking to myself, time to shed a few. They have the all-in-one weight loss program. They can help you out. All you got to do is call 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. That's the New Mill Medical Center. Make sure you give them a call. And make sure you tell them we sent you because they're just good people over there. Doc Tim and everybody, just fantastic. Uh, I play this game for the love of it. My teammates, everyone who has helped me get to this position that I that believed in me uh, and to win a championship, all of this nonsense is not what I'm about. Never has been, never will be, according to uh, Kyler Murray. Anyone who's ever stepped between those lines with me knows how hard I go. Love me or hate me, but I'm going to continue to grow and be better. So that is Kyler Murray breaking his silence over what seems to be a strained relationship. It goes back, I guess, when, according to the morning of the Super Bowl, Chris Mortens had said that, uh, you know, Kyler Murray feels frustrated with the organization, embarrassed by its blowout playoff loss to the Rams, and furthermore, uh, the team reportedly disappointed with him, with a a source describing him to Mortensen as, quote, self-centered, immature, and a finger pointer. That comes with growth, man. comes with growing up. 
If you've ever been to Arizona, say even for spring training, you listen to some of the sports talk stations out there, especially like last year and the year prior, there's just so much praise and hope put on the shoulders of Kyler Murray to be the next Kurt Warner and take them to a Super Bowl and and to, to get them there. And there's so much um, he can do no wrong. So once you start to face adversity, it's how you handle it. And if though, put it this way, not everybody's going to like everybody in a locker room or in an office or anything for that matter. Okay, right? I think we can all agree on that. No matter what you're doing right now, think about whatever job it is that you are participating in. You know who is a hard worker. You know who, you may not like them, but you can respect them, right? And then there's the one who has a title. They know what they're doing, but they're the finger pointer. It's never my fault. They work harder at figuring out whose fault it was and not being their own than they do on actually fixing a problem or being proactive. You know what I mean? We all know that. We all, we've all been there. And for people behind the scenes to start saying, yeah, Kyler Murray is, he's immature. He's a finger pointer. He, you know, you lose credibility in a locker room. This whole thing about everybody knows how hard I work when I go between the lines. No, who cares? Who cares? You can work hard and still be a petulant ass. You can work hard and still be a diva. You can still work hard and be a finger pointer. You may be a terrific person and a terrific player, but when it comes to being a teammate, if you're not going to jump into the pool of responsibility with everybody else, nobody's going to respect you. You're not going to grow behind the scenes. Yeah, Hasn't that been one of the things that people have complained about regarding Aaron Rodgers? That's the one thing where people talk about Brady, and, and actually between him and Manning, they take it and make it the opposite. It's my fault. I've done this. I've got to be better. I've got to do this. I've got to elevate the guys around me. That's what you hear out of those guys, right? So when it comes to Kyler Murray, once that starts to leak out, now you have to go back in and reprove yourself all over again. And if that is who you are, you have to be extremely cognizant of what it is you say. And how you conduct yourself. Got to pay attention to that stuff, man. But that's Kyler Murray. I read those comments and just thought that he might go to baseball. Uh, Yeah, well, maybe he, you know, spring training should begin. So maybe he's out there working out right now. Who knows? Yeah, it's a shame. That's why. Who, dra- who drafted? Did he, did, he get, did he get drafted by a, a, a team when the he A's. came out? That's what I thought. Top 10. But nobody selected him in the Rule 5 draft this year. So I don't know who has his rights. Okay. Yeah, because he was uh, he was a hell of a baseball player too. But when it comes to uh, when it comes to football, he's a apparently he's got. I, and I don't know him. I don't know what goes on specifically behind the scenes. But if those whispers are starting to come out, usually I have always said when the whispers begin to come out, where there's smoke, there's fire. So you got to be really careful. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Paul says. Adam Schefter controlled the narrative of how it was announced to the public when he realized that the story was not going to hold any longer and it was the best time to release that information. Why didn't he report the information when he first learned of it when the PAC administration was going out of their West Coast, when they were going out of the West Coast to talk to Aaron? He knew before that 
And the timing of it, when, we, when it was released, it made Rogers look worse in the public eye and brought Shefty a lot of attention. No. See, that's not right, Paul. You don't know that he knew that the Packers front office were, was going out there. What triggered all of this, Paul, was the phone call. He couldn't report it before the phone call because the phone call wasn't made. It was the night before the draft. That's when the 49ers called. And that's when word broke. He didn't report that until the phone call. And even and, and here's the other thing, okay? Let, let's be honest about this, Paul. What happened on this deal, it was not Adam Schefter who broke the news. It was Paul Allen in Minnesota. Paul brought it up. Paul was right. All I did was take his information and put it back out there. And then what happened was, remember, I got, there, there was tweets that discredited me that said, this is absolutely not true. This is absolutely not true. Remember that? If you follow me on Twitter, this is absolutely not true. And I, there were some people that I made phone calls to, and I trusted them, and I said, yeah, it is true. That there was an offer Hey, by the way, we're interested in getting rid of Aaron Rodgers. No. Okay. The word got back to Rodgers. I, he'd be open to that. He was not happy with the organization. And that's when everything broke. And Schefter, because ESPN did not have that information out there at the time, then he's the one knowing what he knew after the story broke, changed the narrative a bit. That's what happened. It wasn't Schefter that dropped that bomb. It was Paul Allen, actually. That's what started the whole ball rolling downhill. Our buddy Steve writes, uh, trying to divert a bit from the Aaron Rodgers Packers talk, I saw an article on the Packers Wire that I found very interesting. On the Packers Wire, seven of the top 101 players in the NFL, the rankings this year and the years prior, uh, Devontae Adams, um, Aaron Rodgers, who ranked the 18 this year, two last year. Rashawn Gary, 34 this year, was not ranked last year. Devondre Campbell, not ranked last year. A.J. Dillon, not ranked last year. Aaron Jones, not ranked last year. Preston Smith was not ranked last year. What this tells me is that Brian Gutekinds is one good GM. Everyone that chastised him for taking Rashawn Gary and A.J. Dillon should be eating crows. See uh, that all but two were drafted uh, tells me that the Packers scouting staff is doing a damn good job. I will say the Rashawn Gary deal, that was, uh, I have been, I've eaten some crow there. I will agree with you. Now, he's still not what it originally on draft day, what the hype was, because people thought, well, this guy's going to become this pass rusher, and he's going to be this, this he's the, the next coming of Reggie White. And I kept saying, no, that's not it. He's not that guy. What he has done is grown in his role and become really good at setting the edge, plugging up holes, and occasionally getting to the quarterback. He's been stout. I appreciate that. It's not It's not what you wanted. You wanted this big-time pass rusher. It's not what you wanted, but you're getting good. You're getting a good football player for where he was drafted. Hell, yeah. I appreciate that. A.J. Dillon, you knew he was good, but you already had Jamal Williams. What the plan was was we're going to draft another guy like Jamal Williams because we're not going to pay Jamal Williams. We're not going to pay a second-tier quarter or second-tier running back top running back money. Once he gets free, it's not worth it. We can find another guy, and that's what they did. And A.J. Dillon is a better north-south downhill runner. 
So they got that guy. So I, I applaud that. I agree with you. Aaron Jones is just, he's just solid. That, that's a terrific pickup. But Deshaun, uh, Devondre Campbell, hell yeah, man. That's an incredible pickup as well. 877-867-1670. Got a break. Be back right after this. Ready. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. We are glad you're with us. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Appreciate you hanging out. Uh, by the way, Tom Brady says, and, and this is Tom Brady saying never say never, but saying that he's completely content with his decisions and his decision to, uh, to retire. Uh, on the Let's Go podcast, Jim Gray asked Brady uh, on the season finale about his life and immediate future and st- such. But, you know, Tom Brady said never say never. But uh, for everybody speculating, he doesn't sound like he's retired. No player that just retires sounds retired because they all have a second thought. Every one of them. Unless you retire because of injury, because you're just banged up and you can't play anymore. There is not any player that doesn't think, I maybe got one more year in me. Every player does. Even after I mean, even after they retire, they say, nah, I could probably go out for one more game, one more play. I can make a little money, be a part of a championship team. I could do that. Everyone does. Everyone does. Um So yeah, it's it's Brady's gonna talk about this and he's it, much like Aaron Rodgers, what what he what he says, what Tom Brady says is going to be, you know, dissected in every way. In every way, and so I know there's people out there that believe that Tom Brady's coming back, but I don't. I don't think Tom Brady. As much as I think that Aaron Rodgers, I don't think he's leaving the Packers. I think, and again, I'm not saying that it. You know, if I say 75% of me, that doesn't mean I'm 100% sure he's coming back. But I think for the most part, it, the familiarity, human beings don't like change, um, the ability to win, uh, a team that you know, a system that you know, a coach that you genuinely like according to you. I, I just think there's too much there that brings him back other than just money. And Brady, first-year retirement, He's now doing things he doesn't normally do. He's now enjoying life in a different way. He's probably going to be on some cruise ship or yacht that he buys out in the middle of the Mediterranean with his wife and kids. And, and so he's, but he's always going to say, oh, maybe I could, you know, man, I'm the goat, man. Maybe I, if I, I would be surprised if he comes back. And as much as I say 75% of me says Aaron Rodgers is not leaving Green Bay, I'll say 75 to 80% of me says Tom Brady's not coming back. Just an FYI. Um, 877-867-1670. You want to find us? Find us. Uh, don't forget about our friends again over at Quick Trip. Top-tier alternative fuels, no fee ATMs. By the way, they are hiring. Did you know that? They're hiring. They're hiring drivers right now. They need some drivers. And if you're looking to make top dollar, you can make quite a bit of jack. 
driving for a, a terrific, terrific company. We all know that Quick Trip is absolutely fantastic. So if you are thinking about a career change, maybe you're an over-the-road driver, maybe you drive tankers, maybe you drive semis, maybe you drive smaller trucks, whatever it happens to be, or maybe you're looking for just a new career, that's the way to go. They're looking for drivers right now. They continue to expand. You talk about a terrific footprint of a company here in the state of Wisconsin. That's our friends over there at Quick Trip. Not to mention their food is just awesome. Um, Tom says the Packers Super Bowl win in 96 far was young and the defensive leader, uh, older veteran and Reggie White Super Bowl win in 2011. Rogers was still young and the defensive leader with an older veteran was Charles Woodson. The last few seasons, the quarterback is the older one. No defensive veteran leader on the, uh, the Packers defense. That's the main takeaway with the roster as is. Um, you can kind of look at it this year and say, okay, Aaron Donald, the veteran leader, I get it. Last year, boy, you had Indomitian Sue, Jason Pierre-Paul. You had a lot of veterans on that defense. Okay, I'll go along with that. I really believe, and I've said this time and again, Favre does not win a championship without White. Rodgers does not win a championship without Charles Woodson. They need another guy. Now, I don't know if that guy is Devondre Campbell. I don't know if that guy is yet to be on the roster. I don't know if, say, Adrian Amos is that guy. I, I, I just don't. I, I, I don't know who that guy is. But I agree with you. You have to have a guy. You have to have that dude on that defensive defensive unit. Um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see what they end up doing. They need, they need another piece. Of, now, that guy would have been, had this team, had he been healthy, that would have been... Uh, Zadaria Smith. So Tom, going to that theory, had Zadarius played and they had success, that would have been Zadaria Smith. He would have been the guy. He's that. He's that straw that stirs the drink. When healthy, he would have been their best pass rusher. He he could have dictated. Boy, can you just imagine? Think about this for a minute. Had you had Preston Smith healthy, Rashawn Gary healthy, Devondre Campbell now in the mix. Chris Barnes healthy and a healthy Zedaria Smith. Think about that. There it is. Anytime defense, somebody always says, TJ Watt. I get it. It didn't happen. It is what it is. It sucks. I understand it. But think about that. Think, think about had you had a healthy Zedaria Smith, what that what that could have turned into. Robin says, curious, any TV ratings on the Olympics? Uh, no, there aren't any. I don't say that, you know, as, as no, I don't know the report. I'm just saying that the, the, the ratings for the Olympics are down significantly, as we had talked about early on, because over 100 million people viewed the Super Bowl. And on NBC, as well as the Olympics, uh, they are not drawing the coverage that you would think. They're not. So the Olympics, uh, the interest in the Olympics is is down, we'll say. 
Want to hit us up, continue to do so. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at the Water Doctors. John Atley and his staff out there at the, the Water Doctors in Waukesha, Wisconsin. They deliver and install all over, all over. And all you get, they have the Kinetico system, which is what I have in my home. The difference with the Kinetico system versus another water softening system that I used to have which I will, it will remain nameless. One, the service has been fantastic. So whenever I've had a problem, somebody's right on it, man. They're right on it, and that thing is warrantied for so many, for like, I think, a decade. So the Kinetico system, it, by, by far, is so much better. Then there's the actual water softener itself and the taste of the reverse osmosis, the drinking system, just the way the ice cubes look coming out of my ice maker, the water shower, the shower heads in my bathroom when all that... That corrosive deposit, calcium crap, all of a sudden was gone one day, and I noticed it. It's all because of the soft water coming through my water softening system. It's fantastic. Not to mention, they give back to veterans, and they help with uh, with uh, training dogs, service dogs for veterans. There's no reason not to go to the water doctors. H2theletterodoctors.com. That's H2theletterodoctors.com. Go to the website. See what I'm talking about. It is the best water softening system out there, hands down. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisconsin Harley Davidson, the season is creeping up upon us like a, a bad pair of underwear at this point. And if you're looking for a new bike, a used bike, if you're looking for motor clothes, if you're looking for service, a tremendous service department, uh, parts department, they got it all out there. And not to mention, once it gets into the uh, summer months, uh, they have a huge venue there where they put on some of the best parties, including the hometown rally, out of everybody. I mean, it's a big, big dealership with big space and big events. So if you're looking for a great place to go, check out our friends at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. Wisconsin Harley-Davidson out in Oconomowoc, Highway 67, just south uh, of the, the Oconomowoc area. And uh, go in and see Craig, the uh, general manager out there, good guy. And if you're looking for you know a deal, if you're looking for uh, a new bike, like I said, used bike, whatever it happens to be, they, they can take care of you out there. They're good, good people. Go to Wisconsin, WISHD.com to check out all their inventory. That is WISHD.com. That is WISHD.com. And usually if, if you don't see it, they can get it. If you're looking for something specific, they can usually track it down for you too. So I've been out there and seen a couple of those deals go down where somebody came in and said, ah, I want this though. They're like, okay, no problem. And then suddenly they begin to scour. Sure enough, they can get it done. Good, good people out there. Also, say hi to our friends down at MKE Brewing. Maybe you were down at the uh, the Pfizer Forum last night. Maybe going down there this weekend, whatever it happens to be. Go into MKE Brewing right there on 9th Street. They have Bottle House 42 next to them. Good food there. They do all the different craft brews and tastings and such in t- inside uh, MKE Brewing. Then, once it gets nice out, go upstairs. Go up to that patio that overlooks downtown Milwaukee, overlooks the Pfizer Forum. Really cool place up there. That's MKE Brewing, downtown 9th Street in downtown Milwaukee. If you're heading into town and you want to do something before or after a game, that's that's a good place to go. Good place to go right there. Um, there was a tweet that was put out, and it talks about Super Bowl winners and their leading rushers and the salary that they're being paid since 2009. Not one player 
Not one is making more than $2.5 million. That was Percy Harvin for the Seahawks back in 2013. Not one. That's the leading rusher in the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl. Um, And then the argument is to be made because it went so well for Derrick Henry. It says, look at the top ten rushers this season. Six of them did not make the playoffs. Henry knocked out after a game. Mixon didn't get the third and one carry. Uh, Elite running backs don't matter. Uh, By the way, Joe Mixon touched the ball more than anyone else in the National Football League this year. So to say he didn't matter, that's a dumb, dumb, dumb statement. Imagine where the Packers would be without Aaron Jones. And the fact that, one, he can run the ball. Two, he can catch the ball. He's a receiver out of the backfield. And three, and probably more important than anything, he's one of the better running backs when it comes to blitz pickup and knowledge. So to say he doesn't matter, that running backs that make more than a couple million bucks don't matter, that's an erroneous statement. It's just simply not true. They do matter. And they, they may not have big big numbers because many defenses key on them. So they may not have big numbers in a Super Bowl. Cam Akers, Leonard Fournette, Damian Williams, start to go through that whole list. Sonny Michelle, back when he was somewhat of a, a young unknown coming out of the Patriots organization, all these guys, they, you know, look at James Starks for the Packers. James Starks wasn't even their top running back that year. He, he got the carries only because Ryan Grant went down with an injury. So th- th- this tweet for, you know, well, you can win a Super Bowl without a high-priced running back, no, it's it's what gets you there for the first 16, 17 games that puts you into the postseason that then gets you to a Super Bowl. It, it's, it's, yeah, technically on its face you're true when you talk about the amount of money being made by some of these running backs who have had good numbers in a Super Bowl, but what you're not taking into account is, is games 1 through 16, 1 through 17, and then the playoffs and beyond that actually put you into a Super Bowl and the need for a really good running back. But also you look at the price in all of these guys and what they're making, and they're saying, well, you don't need to go spend millions on a running back. Well, it depends on what your running back does. Joe Mixon's going to be in line for a pretty good payday by the time it's all said and done. He's going to be in for a pretty good payday, no doubt. Um, and like I said, I don't know where the Packers would be Let's be honest, without Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones has been extremely solid for them, too. 877-867-1670, You want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so again, 877-867-1670. Uh, let's go to our phone calls. This is our buddy Mike in Whitewater. Mike, how you doing, pal? I'm doing good, Billy. Uh, welcome back. Enjoyed your Thanks, uh, interviews last week from L.A., especially the Theismann one about uh, Rogers trying out for a Tarzan movie. Yeah, that was good. Saw our buddy Gino, told him uh, Saturday night, told him that uh, uh, I heard you advertising for him and everything. But I think the only way... Go ahead. No, no, I was just saying awesome. I haven't been down to Gino's in a while. I got to get down there. Oh, yeah, I was down there Saturday night. We had the great pizza and... uh, he was sitting next to us with some friends, so great guy. Told him, uh, he says, well, you better advertise for us. <laughs> and I went. Yeah, right. Yes. No, I, I guess I do. Yeah. I said plenty of, 
But I think, you know, um, Rodgers, you know, I think maybe, you, like you said, the Packers are putting it out and saying, hey, we did all this, we offered all this. But if he truly wants to come back, he's got to take the cut. If he mm-hmm. wants to keep everybody like uh, Brady did for the last hurrah, right. so to speak. You know, I think uh, that's what they need to do uh, in that aspect. It, it's it, I, I, I don't know how you broach that subject. I know when we talked to A.J. Hawk, A.J. said, yeah, look, if they're comfortable, maybe they have that conversation with Aaron. I, he never did say whether or not Aaron would accept that. He just said, yeah, if you're, you know, to a man, if you've got that kind of relationship, maybe you go to him and say something like that. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. But we all look. We all know Aaron Rodgers is a really smart guy. He's got to know what the salary cap restraints are right now. He's got to know where this team sits. Well, yeah, I agree with you. And if he wants, you know, to stay, and, and like you said, you go someplace else, you may get killed because they either don't have the receivers or the team around them that he's had. And I remember growing up in the 70s and the 80s, man. I don't want to go back there. Mm-hmm. No, I know. Nobody wants to go back there. Mike, appreciate it, pal. we got a rumor at the top of the hour. I, I completely agree with Mike. I we all understand where things are at. We're beating it like a dead horse at this point. But we all understand, look, you know, any quarterback that's made more than 13.9% of the team's total payroll, not winning championships. You just it, it just doesn't happen. I don't even know what Matthew Stafford was making this season. I have to go back and look. I'll let you know after the top of the hour. But I don't think it was a I don't think it was a King's ransom. I'll tell you that right now. But it's uh look, it it it's it's a it's a legitimate conversation 20 pretty much he was making 20 million yep that's it okay yeah matthew stafford made 20 matthew stafford this year winning a super bowl with 10.69 percent of the team's total cap there you go again you're gonna make all the money and by the way he was the most he was the most. Aaron Donald made 7.69, and Matthew Stafford made the most this year, 10.69%. Another hour yet to go. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.